and the next morning we're on the homepage of Mac Rumors. Our yeah. lives changed. What happened? That moment. Well, there was a lot of dancing and screaming and calling my <laughs> wife. And it's on your phone and you get a push notification for every sale. And it actually has a cash register sound. Ka-ching. <laughs> nice. There's a first one. And we're like, so we sold one. And there's yeah. like, ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. We're like, well, what is going on? <laughs> this is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. Picture yourself spending four weeks with other high level entrepreneurs in the northern mountains of Thailand, October 26th to November 24th, 2017. It will be full of masterminds, workshops, advisors, like-minded entrepreneurs, and of course, some fun adventures. Currently, we are offering a special early bird discount of $400 for only 10 people. Once they're filled, they're gone. Don't wait on this one, guys. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to contact us ASAP at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now, on to today's episode. Travis Beck asked a friend to wrap a phone cable with paracord so his cat wouldn't chew the cord again. This was the moment that sparked the idea for Paracable, a business that has set two childhood best friends free and launched them into the entrepreneurial world. Today on the show, we chat with Travis Beck and David Fisher, the founders of Paracable, and we get the insight on how they left an anonymous tip to Mac Rumors about their product, landing it on the front page of the site and changing their lives forever. Travis and David tell us about how they were getting 40,000 visitors a day with nothing in inventory and how they transitioned into the entrepreneurial world. It's an exciting episode, guys, and get ready. Without further ado, let's welcome Travis and David to the show. Welcome, Travis and David, to the podcast. How are you guys? Great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. And so we have Travis calling in from Houston, Texas, and David calling in from, is it Oklahoma City? Uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Very cool. So welcome. And you guys, we want to learn a lot about Paracable and what you guys have, go- what you guys have going on. And I've heard great things about the, the business and the products. But first, we kind of want to get a background of both of you. And so we'll start off with Travis. Travis, if you don't mind sharing your story, and then we'll hop over to David, if you don't mind sharing your story, and we'll figure out where you guys merged at and where Paracable came from. So we'll give the mic to you, and we'll roll from there. Sure. So uh, David and I both are from Oklahoma, and um, I grew up uh, pretty, you know, uh, lower income family, uh, and had to have certain jobs throughout my high school and college career in order to help support myself. And uh, my first job, I worked at a fireworks stand. And then my second job after that was at a grocery store, just a a little local grocery store chain. And uh, I I worked there for three or four years. And that's actually where I met David. Um, We both worked there for quite a while. I think we were 16 when we met. Yeah, somewhere around that. Yeah. And we just became really, really good friends. And he ended up going off to the military, and I, I moved to Houston. But we sort of always kept in touch through through all of that. And I went on to, I went to school for two years to get a, a bachelor's degree in computer science. And then uh, from there, I I was just um, obsessed, and I learned everything I could, and and started building up my own portfolio and eventually landed a job as a uh, web developer and then uh, kept learning more and more and became an iOS app developer and uh, had my own little side business where I had an app that I had built uh, just to learn app development that's still on the app store that makes a little bit of money every now and then, which was a great experience of learning how to sort of build something 
and market it and try and get people to to use it. Uh, that was sort of my first foray into that sort of combining all of the different skills I had acquired throughout my uh, career. We can get into the story of, of Paracable later, but that's just a, a, a more uh, compressed scenario of combining all of the skills that I had gathered <laughs> over the, you know, just it was a perfect storm of, of putting all of those things together into a great product and figuring out how to market it, which was kind of uh, when I first did the the iPhone app, I saw how fun it was to have a product that you you were proud of and that you were sure would help people and figuring out how to get people to see it and, and purchase it. And that whole sort of puzzle of figuring that out was very exciting for me from the beginning. And, and that's what drove me with Paracable a lot when we first got started. How old is Paracable now? The end so, of 2013 was when we thought of it. We didn't yeah, that's when we got started. Start we, didn't, we didn't launch until early 2014. Gotcha. But for us, at the end of 2013, that's when, it, that's when all of the work began. Yeah, that's when the idea came up. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and then it takes a while for the idea to come to fruition. Um, mm-hmm. So David, let's hear a, l- a little bit about you. Well, like like he said, we we uh, worked at the same grocery store. That's how we we met. But uh, right after that, I I worked uh, another few small jobs doing manual labor, and then I joined the military right after nine eleven. I served four years in the military and got out. I probably had ten different jobs just trying to find out what I wanted to do. And then uh, somebody talked to me one day about joining the electrician's union. And seven years later, I was a journeyman wireman, and he comes up to me with this idea. <laughs> He's like, hey, can you uh, fix this cable to where it's not damageable by a cat? Mm-hmm. Well, let me think about it. <laughs> Very cool. I want to hear more about your guys' story with Paracable. So let's jump into that. Whoever wants to start off, let's start from the first idea of creating the first pair of cable into creating into making it a business. So uh, when the iPhone five came out, the they switched from the thirty pin cable to the lightning cable. That was the introduction of the lightning cable. And me being an app developer, I had every new phone that came out because mm-hmm. you need a device to test on. It was a really good excuse to just buy all the cool stuff too. I'm not gonna lie. <clears throat> so uh, me and my wife both had the new iPhone five, and we each had one lightning cable that came with it. Uh, In October of that same month, we adopted a kitty named Baxter. And he destroyed every single lightning cable we had in our house, which was two. So to go to uh, Best Buy and get a new charging cord to to charge our phones, they don't even have any because they're out of stock because they just came out and everyone else is having the same problem. Go to the Apple store, same situation. So I think I ordered one off of Amazon or something to get it to get a new cable. And uh, since they were so rare and valuable because of the lack of them in stores, I had to figure out a way to elegantly protect this cable from being chewed on by the cat. And there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways you can do that, just like wrapping it with duct tape, or there's there's sort of this uh, wire mesh that is used in PC cabling that you can use, but none of them are elegant or nice or or easy to use. And um, so I got with David. He's sort of the yin to my yang of creativity. And between him and I, we came up with the idea of, uh, of what if we used paracord to wrap around the cable, and then that would give it a, a, a protective barrier from the cat. And at that point in time, paracord was really, really popular in American culture because of uh, inexplicably 
paracord survival bracelets have become a huge thing in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. You could go to uh, Target. All of these stores were just selling paracord uh, because people were using them for arts and crafts. And uh, very, very colorful. So many really cool patterns. And once David had a prototype built, he basically just snipped the end off of a Apple Lightning cable, wrapped it with paracord. You know, it didn't. It wasn't a functional cable, but we saw how it would look. Then we set up on the path of figuring out how we can build these ourselves. The idea just came from a cat, basically. There's yeah, two and a quarter. Really tr- trying to solve my own problem. Yeah, that makes sense. After that point, when the idea came about, oh, it, it worked. By the way, the cat doesn't chew on the, <laughs> the paracord cables at all. I was thinking maybe you got rid of the cat. No, no, I still have the cat. Love the cat. Okay. So once you guys had the idea, then what was the next step for you? Yeah, so... Oh, at, 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 oh well, I was going to say the the next step was trying to figure out how to build them ourselves. Mm-hmm. So Travis sourced some of the material, like the components that we needed. <clears throat> and uh, I, I created some uh, jigs so that we could speed up the process a little bit. And I think he put everything in stock at like 10 in each. And we had like, I don't know, 15 different colors at the time Mm -hmm. that we were going to do. And we didn't have these pre-made. We were just going to make them as we sold them. And that didn't work. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, yeah, we, yeah. So, so David had, had, had built this jig to help us uh, solder the, the, the ends on. Mm -hmm. I found a supplier that would send us a lightning to USB cable without the USB part soldered. Mm-hmm. So that we would be able to slip the paracord over, solder the ends, close them up ourselves, glue it, uh, test it, and then uh, ship it out to the customer. But we weren't we weren't pre making any of the products. We had a, I built the the Shopify site, and we had uh, David made mock up uh, uh, cables. He used like solid uh, copper conductor, solid copper, mm-hmm. so we could oil them up perfectly. And they made beautiful little little pictures. I think he like wrapped them around a Red Bull can or something, and. I made these beautiful little mm-hmm. coils of paper, and I took pictures with my iPhone and, and made them look really nice in Photoshop and built the website and put all the product pictures up. But we didn't have any products. We had the materials to make the products, and I set the quantity available of each color at 10, and there was 30 different colors that we had available. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's the store is launched. It's ready to go. Uh, this felt like to us it was going to be just some weekend projects that we could do during the week people would order a few and we would make a few on the weekends just for a little bit of extra income and when we launched i posted it on facebook to my friends and family and no one cared nothing crickets so that is um that's a little devastating but i think everyone um experiences that a little bit but don't give up because yeah. that's no, that's that may not be your your target market, but if you have a good product, there is a target market out there, and you keep with it, you will eventually find it. And we did like two days later. Very luckily, I sent a random anonymous, not a random, it was very targeted anonymous tip to uh, MacRumors.com about our product. Mm-hmm. And at that point, in time, it was incredibly innovative in the market. There was no one else that we know of that was making lightning cables that were wrapped in fabric and protected in that way. And so. Uh, Macrumors jumped all over that story. I think they emailed me. They emailed me at our support at paracable.com email address that night that I sent in the tip. And the next morning, we we're on the homepage of Macrumors. Wow, nice. Our and lives changed. What happened that moment? 
Yeah, so so tell us about that. What happened after that? Well, there was a lot of dancing and screaming and calling my <laughs> wife and sending shots. It's a, it's it's a crazy it's a crazy feeling, uh-huh. um, especially coming from our background of being like uh, seeing the fruits of your labor start to to pay off right. in ways that you would you didn't even expect. Right. I, I remember being at a construction site taking my lunch and I had my <laughs> yeah. phone set up so that I would get a notice every time we got an order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, we got an order. And then I set my phone back down. And it went off again. Yeah. And within yeah. my lunch break, we had like a hundred orders. Yeah. It was crazy. I was freaking out. Everybody's <laughs> like, that's not going to do anything. You know, people, yeah. people, it was, it was a very surreal time because uh, if you, if anyone's ever, if you are a Shopify store owner, you have the Shopify app on your phone and you get a push notification for every sell. And it actually has a cash register register sound mm-hmm. whenever the notification comes up. So it's like ka-ching. <laughs> nice. There's a first one, and we're like, whoa, hey. And I think I sent him a text, and I was like a high-five text. We sold one. And yeah. it was like ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. We're like, well, what is going on? <laughs> Are you enjoying today's episode? I hope so. We're working hard to pick the minds of higher-level entrepreneurs to bring you some applicable tactics for your business. October 26th through November 24th, we will have our most impactful event ever, four weeks in the northern mountains of Thailand with other successful entrepreneurs that have six and seven figures in annual revenue in their businesses. The experience includes private accommodations, workshops, masterminds, advisors, high-speed Wi-Fi at a beautiful resort complex. And for our listeners, we have a special $400 early bird discount for only 10 people once they're filled they're gone so if you're ready to seriously take your business to the next level contact us at theentrepreneurhouse.com and now back to the show and then i didn't even know the story was live i looked through the the uh, google analytics logs and saw this traffic coming from mac rumors and mm-hmm. I, I, my head just exploded <laughs> it was <laughs> so i mean then we have this problem of okay this is not sustainable for us to make these on the weekend obviously so we needed to find uh, a group of people to take over this process that we had come up with for building these cables on our own. Right. And uh, uh, my wife and I searched around locally to try and find somebody and, and interviewed a few different people, found someone that we thought was going to be great at helping us put them together. And I, I took all of the materials there, the jig, everything. Made, David made a video of the entire process going through how to, how to make the cables Mm-hmm. Um, I, I walked them through it in person. They're like, yeah, no problem. We'll do it for X dollars per cable. And it was profitable for us at that amount of money. And so I gave them all the stuff and I said, okay, go for it. I'm going to give you orders on a weekly basis for what we need. You'll make them and deliver them to me on the weekend. And it was great for about a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they started uh, experiencing problems on their end with basically not following the instructions that I had given them in order to make sure that they don't waste a lot of time building out a cable. Mm-hmm. That is obviously not going to work from the beginning because right. it wasn't set up. Correctly. So that turned into a big hassle. And then they basically just quit. They basically just quit on us. So then we're back at square one where we have, we still have all of this uh, traffic. We still have all of this, uh, this request for products, but we can't fill the orders at all. Um, and uh, somewhere along those lines, the MFI program was released by Apple mm-hmm. um, just before iOS 6 was set to be released. And in iOS 6, if you were using a non-genuine Apple-certified Lightning cable, which the only Apple-certified Lightning cables at that time were made by Apple themselves. If you were using a non-genuine Apple-certified, non-Apple-certified cable, then a warning came up on your phone in iOS 6. And me being a developer, 
back then betas were locked to developers mm-hmm. and now they're open so i had the ios 6 beta on my phone i plugged up one of our cables and got that warning message and i told david we're done we have to stop making these we cannot sell these anymore and we need to figure mm-hmm. out how to make legit apple certified cables because i don't feel neither one of us felt right knowing that we were building an inferior product right when we be building a much better product so we just completely stopped selling them what was the the process like because i'm i definitely know nothing about this but the process like where do you get a certified apple cable like where yes where'd you guys so, reach out to do that uh, Apple has a uh, a website, their MFI portal website, where you can sign up to become an NFI, an MFI developer. And M- MFI, for people who don't know, that's Apple's licensing mm-hmm. um, process. And MFI stands for Made for iPhone, Made for iPod, Made for iPad. You see gotcha. the the white the white logo on packaging. Okay. That's the MFI look that you get to use once you pass all their verification processes. So I just, I mean, I, I didn't know what to do either. Uh, I just knew that it existed, and I and I researched. Uh, what I, the steps I needed to take and just being completely blind to the next step until I took the next step, just having no idea what to do until I took the next step. Just, you could only see two feet in front of my face basically. And just went through that entire process. Had to get like a, a a Dunn's number and a a federal tax ID that we had a lot of that stuff already sign up. Uh, once you get approved as a developer, then you have access to a master list of Apple certified manufacturers all across the planet. And so you have that list and then you contact the manufacturers and say, this is the product that I want to build. Um, can you do it? And uh, what would your price be? So a lot of, uh, I think I emailed 30 different people and I heard back from 15 and 10 of those were able to do what we needed to do. Uh, they're all in uh, Shenzhen, Shenzhen, can't speak, Shenzhen, China. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and so David and I went to China, and we we sent uh, all of these companies our the paracord that we were using um, to so that they could match it. And we sent them samples of our cables so they could match it. Got there, they would have samples, and we could basically choose whoever did the best. Uh, so we went to China. We met with we uh, met with five or seven. I, have, I think it was like I seven was different six or seven six or seven different vendors over the course of a week. Mm-hmm. And we had three really good contenders to to go with that we kept in contact with. The first the first vendor we chose was great for uh, a couple months, months. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then they lost their MFI license from Apple for doing something allegedly shady. I don't really even know what that whole entire situation was, but mm-hmm. I think they were they were when you when you're an Apple certified developer. The, the actual lightning end on the cable, that comes from Apple's own manufacturers. And there's a serial number that's tied to you, mm-hmm. tied to your account. And if someone else, another company ends up with cables that have that serial number on it, then you're in trouble because you're not supposed to resell the Apple components out from underneath them. It's for them to sell. They're the yeah. licensor. So something along those lines was happening where they let someone buy their overflow connectors that they needed because... in and that industry, especially as it comes towards the end of the year, you have you know, thousands and thousands of vendors who are all trying to get a component from one company. Uh, so it becomes this massive back order situation almost every single year, which we have dealt with every year. And we've never actually been like fully successful at having <laughs> really good inventory in during the holidays because uh, you have to think so far in advance and, and forecast uh, stuff, just so many unknowns, it becomes quite difficult. When was the point where you guys, 
So when did you realize, David, that you were going to go quit your job and start with this full time? Uh, actually, I was ready to quit being an electrician <laughs> and ready to move on to it. I've, I've dealt with this my entire life. I, uh-huh. I don't like staying in one thing. Once I accomplish my goal there, I'm ready for something different. Right. So I was ready for something different anyway. And I just was able to quit at that time and, and transition over to working for the company. It. it was really like as soon as, as soon as we were able to pay ourselves a, ourselves a salary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That took about three years. The business today. So what's it like for you guys? Who's playing what role? How much time are you guys putting into the day-to-day activities? And how big is your team? And, and what are they doing exactly? So our immediate team you're talking to. This, this mm-hmm. is the, okay. entire, the entire company. Okay. Uh, we have a lot of people, uh, third-party people that help us with everything we need to do. Okay. Um, so... Uh, day to day, David and I both in the morning, we check our, our ticketing system to any emails that we have from people, questions um, about our product, and we answer all of those tickets. And um, I monitor all of the um, advertising that's going on. That's, that's handled by a third party now as well. And, and all of the comments on, on Facebook and handle all of that. And that's basically the day to day. Like that's everything. That's what we have to do every single day. And that's the minimum. Um, sometimes that's all we have to do. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and there are also other projects that are ongoing that certain points in time you need to to focus on, but other points in time someone else is is, is focusing on. Um, David's working on some some um, product development redesign stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm working on some um, optimization with on the site as uh, just not just uh, not site optimization, but sort of the whole three sixty holistic marketing optimization to get more. Um, margin, more profitability, more lower CPA, all of that sort of stuff. So, if you okay. if there was a clear separation of of duties in, in the in the company, I handle everything after it's made. David gets it made. Cool. Yeah. And then we both do customer support. So I heard from Felix that when you guys initially launched the product, you were getting like forty thousand visitors a day before you even had any inventory. So yeah, that that the Mac rumors. Getting on the front page of Mac Rumors had a ripple effect through a bunch of other blogs. So there's hundreds of other blogs and tweets and Facebook posts and Google Plus posts and and whatever that come from that one thing. So today I can go to Google Analytics and there will still be traffic today as we're speaking from that Mac Rumors post that was almost three years ago or more than three years ago. How much traffic are you getting today, like these days? Oh, today we usually get uh, 60 to 70,000 a month. Okay. Depending on what our ad spend is. Yeah. Uh, we are, we're, we're, we're putting a lot of focus. I'm putting a lot of focus right now and driving, um, more organic traffic. We're pretty, we're pretty dependent on paid traffic right now. And mm-hmm. although we do get a large percentage of direct traffic, uh, which is from, uh, you know, word, word of mouth, people telling other, other, other customers telling their friends and family, this is where they got that cable. What type of paid traffic are you guys using? So we have uh, Facebook and uh, Google. Do you have a third party that's handling those ads, or are you doing those yourself? Yeah, I did them myself. I did them myself for up until about four or five months ago, and now we have a, an agency that handles all of that. I got to the point to where um, I had done all that I could do, and I wasn't interested in deep diving into figuring out Google AdWords because that's not where my passions lie. Yeah. So I've I was like, I need to, I need to outsource to someone who knows more than I do since I'm not willing to learn anymore at this point. 
Yeah. I want to ask you guys kind of the journey that it's been like for, for both you, Travis and David, of going from David was an electrician, Travis came from a lower income Oklahoma childhood. And so I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious because as I mentioned, like my family's, my dad was a construction worker, union guy. My two best friends from high school are electricians. Also my mom's family are all farmers. And so for me, it was, it was a mountain of a challenge to go from, yeah, for sure. Yeah. From an employee mentality to an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur mentality, especially uh, I'm a location independent entrepreneur and I've been traveling for six years and I still deal with that really. So I'd like to hear from you guys kind of the struggles that you went through to change that mindset. And I'm sure you're still going through those, but the struggles that you went through and and what you did to overcome those. I think the biggest, the biggest thing that you're talking about is a mental shift from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. Mm -hmm. That was, that is one of the hardest things for people to do. Um, When you grow up with limited resources you're surrounded by scarcity. Everyone in your life has a scarcity mentality. You just kind of inherit a scarcity mentality from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And uh, people tell you that, you know, you, you live in that world where people are like, where the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And you, you're told that all your life and that just becomes your reality. And some people get stuck in that scarcity mentality and don't realize that you can just change your mind and see it as an abundance and start living your life like that. And at a certain point, in my 20s, I think I figured that out and started learning about finance and money and, and how how it works and how you can make it work for you and, and what you need to do um, outside of selling your time for money in order to be free. Did you have any resources or any things that really helped you switch from that scarcity to abundance mindset? Yeah, I think the first thing for me was I read a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah that kind of set me on a path of, <clears throat> of awakening, of realizing that uh, what I thought was true was not actually true. And there are many things that I've discovered about that m- myself throughout uh, my 30s, even more so than in my 20s. And as long as you keep on that path of, of discovery and, 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 and kind of tearing down these, these walls of of limited, just self-limiting ideals about yourself because of your situation, um, which isn't necessarily true, then you'll continue to grow and you will find ways to create value for other people and you'll be rewarded for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, David? Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I grew up in a similar environment as him. Uh, not, not rich or, well, I wouldn't say we were super poor either, but it was small town America. My dad was a carpenter, which he, uh, when I was really young, he quit working because he had a messed up back and he's been through so many surgeries. He's disabled hundred percent now. Uh, but the growing up around that, he, my, my father, uh, was always entitled. He always felt entitled. I, I always hated that. I think that drew me away from that mindset completely. Like, I don't think I ever had the uh, the mindset that Travis was talking about where the scarcity mindset, I don't think I ever really had that. Maybe when I was a f- early as a child, but mm-hmm. growing up and going through the military, I, I got rid of that pretty fast. What have been some of the challenges? Has it been a rough transition 
for you to go from an electrician with a nine to five job to basically an entrepreneur running your own business? I would say the the worst part for me is the hours. Like whenever I had a job, it was a 40 hour work week. I go to work. I work my butt off. I was one of the hardest workers. I hate bragging about myself, but one of the hardest workers I knew at the time. I switched to this and now I have uh, a work week that's scattered. (laughs) I I have a little bit of work here, a little bit of work there. And it's hard to organize all that and and keep your mind around focusing on that. Where when you have a 40 hour work week, you can just focus straight on that and get your job done. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. David has a deal with China a lot and that, that happens in the evenings. Yeah. Yeah. It is a challenge because having that mindset, hours convert into dollars when you have mm-hmm. a job. And mm-hmm. when you have a business, not so much. You know, you could put thousands of hours into something that produces nothing. And you can put one hour into something that produces thousands, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just like shifting from that is challenging because I still have those thoughts where like, oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a hustler. I work hard. I'll go at it, you know, and I don't mind putting 16 hours a day in, in my business. But then sometimes I'm just like, man, I put, I put so many hours in. How come this isn't converting it the way that I think it should? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, um, another hard part for me and for David is when there's no, you're not clocking in and clocking out. Yeah. You can work anytime you want. Yeah. And sometimes you do, uh, but you really have to be, uh, you really have to be mindful of a balance in your life because it's really easy to get burnt out and just not want to do this anymore as a sheer fact of not doing anything else. It's just spending all of your time in it because you're, you're, uh, you need to, and you can, but then, <clears throat> uh, especially in situations where you're not, you're not immediately getting a feedback, a, 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 a positive feedback loop on the time you're putting in. Mm-hmm. It can get really, really depressing <laughs> at times when you're not seeing your expectations met. So yeah. mm-hmm. what I try to do is remove the expectation from the work and do the work that I know needs to be done to the best of my ability and let the expectations fall where they may. But if I have really deep expectations about what's going to happen, I'm setting myself up to be disappointed. Whereas I try to not have expectations and just do the work as the work, as, as the the end goal, then, um, the expectations are not there and the results of it are kind of out of your hands. And if they're good, they're good. If they're bad, they're, they're, they're bad, but you've done the work needed to do it. But that laying yourself down was, you know, crazy expectations. (laughs) Great point. You guys, what's next for Paracable? So we have a lot of uh, product expansion that we're, we're we're working on right now. David's working on some some new designs. We're, we're trying to get USB-C um, out the door, and then from there we need. Uh, there's a we have people request longer cables all the time and shorter cables all the time. We kind of just have five foot cables right now. It's a good compromise. Um, we need to uh, sort of clean up our. We have a lot of SKUs. Uh, try to combine those into less skews so that's easier to handle and and, the, and make sure that there's still enough options for customers to feel like they have what they want. We really hope to get into wholesale soon. Um, but there's, you know, it's, 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 uh, you really can't, it's hard to plan out five years and see all of that come 
because there's many building blocks that need to happen to get there. But you know, we have a we have a plan for a lot of things we want to do. Um, and right now, USBC is is the big, huge thing that we've been working on this year to get out. And people email us every day. When's USBC? When are you going to have USBC? And and we're just like later this year. I can't give you an exact date, but <laughs> it's coming. Some year. of that stuff it gets <laughs> frustrating how long it to do it. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, weird because people people who see us from the outside they think that uh, Pair Cable is uh, you know some giant billion dollar company because they see our ads all over the place. Right. But then people who we know in our lives they think it's 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 nothing. They don't think it's anything. Yeah. And it's somewhere in, it's it it's somewhere in between there. Um, uh, but really, only David and I know that. <laughs> so it's weird dealing with all these different expectations of people. You know, mm-hmm. in, in the way businesses are run these days are so much different than they are in the past. Like, it's not a brick-and-mortar thing. It's a computer and a website yeah. thing, right? And it's ads that are run through a computer and everything. And so are you guys familiar with Squatty Potty? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah. I have one. Yeah, nice. We had the founder of Squatty Potty on the podcast just a few days ago. And it, they did thirty million in twenty sixteen, and he has seventeen people on his team, and it's just it's mind blowing. And and he you know almost everything that he can do is remote, and it's mind blowing that you know there's no physical location that you really need for a business these days, and that they can produce like so much with just such a small team, and it's it's phenomenal mm-hmm. really. It really, yeah, it really, we came into uh, business at a really, really fantastic time. There's so many tools and resources available. Like, I work from my home. David works from his home. We don't need it. We don't need the overhead of an office. We don't need the overhead of a warehouse. Like, all of, there's great businesses that are set up all over the planet to help you do this that know how to do it way better than you ever will because they've been doing it for 30 years. Yeah. And so, not using those resources, you're probably wasting money and time. Yeah, and we did the math at one point in time. It was like, okay, so we can do the fulfillment ourselves, but we have to pay someone uh, a, a salary to do this, and we need to pay them benefits and and all of these things. And it's cheaper for us to to use a three PL that have been doing it for thirty years, and they already they have our, already all the expertise that we don't need to spend to waste time learning. Mm-hmm. And that's there's something for that for everything you need in your business and you need a lot of things in your business that you will never think of when you're first starting out. <laughs> Good point. You guys, we're going to have to sign off there. If the listeners want to reach out, where is the best place they can find more information about Paracable? Paracable.com. P-A-R-A-C-A-B-L-E.com. Very cool. Travis and David, I have to give you a huge thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for giving us your time and your wisdom and telling us your story. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. Thank Thank you very much for having us. And listeners, we're going to sign off there for today. Thank you for joining us on the podcast once again. We'll see you on the next show. Goodbye, everybody. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set. Business grows. New partnerships 
developed, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for attendees, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year, our main event will be held in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It is four weeks from October 26th to November 24th and held for six and seven figure entrepreneurs only. It will be full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, co-working, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. This event will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested and have some questions, be sure to contact us through theentrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact. We will respond as soon as possible. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.